Welcome to the Study Guide USA podcast, hosted by Henry Hoffman. Learn how you can study in the U.S. as well. Welcome, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the podcast, Study Guide USA. Um, I'm Henry Hoffman. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, our first guest on the podcast, Carl. Uh, hi, Carl. How are you doing? I'm good, Henry. Thank you for having me. So it's, it's a pleasure and an honor to be your first guest. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, maybe a little bit, uh, a bit about yourself, Carl. Um, obviously, you know, we met in Oklahoma City at the University of Central Oklahoma. But uh, do you want to give the audience a little bit of background about yourself and um, how you came about to study in the States? Yes, absolutely. I think that would be the polite thing to do to introduce introduce yourself to the audience that are listening. So, um, yeah, I met this uh, amazing guy in in Oklahoma. I was fortunate enough to meet him at the University of Central Oklahoma, to be exact. And uh, I always had a dream studying in the U.S. I've been in the U.S. a lot um, since I was a child. And uh, I always liked it. I always liked how, like, open the society is in the U.S. It feels like it's a society, like, where you can basically do everything you have every opportunity in the world to become whatever you want if as long as you like grab the opportunity by the hand so to say uh oklahoma was perhaps not my initial plan though uh i think like everyone else coming from europe you're looking at uh maybe like florida you're looking at california you're looking at new york perhaps but it sort of just happened. Um, at the time, I was quite immature, I would say. So I missed the deadline. And I think UCO was one of the few schools within the American uh, school system that have an open enrollment, which means that you can enroll whenever you want during the year. So I just enrolled. And... Um, one, two weeks later, I got uh, a letter in my post box saying that I got uh, admitted. So very, very quick process. And uh, the rest is history. Very nice. Very nice. So, um, you know, looking at schools in Florida and, and New York, California, what, what were some of the schools that you looked at? Were there any particular schools? Yes. Um, in fact... One semester before, I got admitted to uh, University of uh, Miami, NYU, which is uh, New York University. And uh, a little bit bigger, more like, I think, well-known schools. But I'm actually happy that it ended up as it ended up, because I feel like the thing with the Midwest, the American Midwest, is that people are very, very down to earth. Whereas in like New York, Miami, people are a little bit more like, it's more a little bit more up-tempo and people are a little bit more stressed. So I think, I think both people have their like benefits, so to say. And mm -hmm. the benefit of the Midwest is that people are very, very genuine. So it's very easy to find uh, new friends. Very nice. Yeah, I, I found the same thing. I mean, obviously... Us coming from Europe, we we sort of met in the classroom and, and sort of had a bond right away. 
Um, but I think that's that's very true. People in the Midwest are very open, very uh, warm-hearted, and and very welcoming in that sense. So um, that's that's super cool. And and so in terms of um, like culture-wise, obviously, you know, you said you came to the states uh, a lot as a child, and and probably saw the typical tourist stuff um, and and uh, sites there, but what was the culture like coming to the Midwestern state of Oklahoma? <laughs> That's a very good uh, question, Henry. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a cultural shock. I think in terms of like, if you look at Sweden, which is a very like westernized country, quite modern. I'm from Sweden. Um, it's more similar to like the West Coast and the East Coast in terms of like mentality, I would say. I think Oklahoma was a little bit, <laughs> I want to put it religious. It's a very like religious state. And I'm coming from myself, coming from a very atheist, atheist country. Mm -hmm. So uh, people were just like a little bit more, very, very open in their communication. Like if sort of, if you sneeze in public, they're going to say, bless you. That would never happen in Sweden. In Sweden, we keep to, we keep to ourselves, right? If you mm -hmm. like go on a bus in Sweden um, and if you sit next to a person, if there are like other seats available, people are gonna think that you're really, really weird. In, in Oklahoma, I think that's more like common. People are like searching that connection. So in that sense, it was, it's, it was a little bit different, I would say, right. but different in a good way. And and so was there anything that you were able to take away from that culture that you're using in your daily life now or that you become accustomed to as a person yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. I think just being very comfortable in in many different situations. I feel like that's the charm with the American society. Like I said, in Europe or especially in the Nordics, you try to you tend to keep for yourself a little bit, and you try to, you make your friends when you were young, and you keep those friends for the, all of your life, and you're this is kind of like your social sphere. Whereas in the U.S., you get very like accustomed to to like approaching new people and speaking in public and being very very comfortable in these situations, and this is something that I really have like really helped me like in my personal life, in my career, because it's it's all one big social game, I would say. I think like, yes, it's very important to be like intelligent, to have a high IQ, but it's even more important to have a, like a high EQ. And uh, I wouldn't say I was retarded in terms of EQ before I came to the US, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's gotten better. It's gotten better. You got you have gotten uh, more comfortable in these kind of situations, yeah. Gotcha. That's that's great to hear. Um, and so when you you obviously said you uh, sort of missed some deadlines here and there and uh, UCO was sort of your, um, I guess, last option in a sense, last resort. Um, how did you as an international student learn about what is required to study there, uh, what the application process looks like? Like, how did you, um, you know, develop that understanding? Well, first of all, I I did some research of my own. I think that's that's always how it starts. Uh, but they're very, very like, I would say they're very, very helpful at most uh, American universities that I've been in contact with. 
So whenever you like have any questions, when you start this process, they often reach out to you actually, like and give you all of the information that you need. So it was very like very streamlined process, I would say. It was very, very yeah, it was very, very effortless. Mm-hmm. Even though you have to do, I mean, you you obviously have to do all of the stuff that is required from you, but and that was basically going to um I think going to the American embassy, it's been a while right now, uh, <laughs> applying for the the student visa in person. And uh, yeah, and it maybe took one to two weeks and then you got, got that in your mailbox and you are basically, basically good to go. That's so very, awesome. very streamlined process for me. Yeah, I've, I found the same thing. That's what I've been uh, telling people as well is it's very, very uh, controlled and, and, there's a system for it, especially for international students, because you receive so much help and support from the universities and the people there, which is uh, also something that a lot of European universities, at least from what I know and heard, uh, do not offer as much, at least. So um, that's that's super cool. Okay, and and so when you got to the US, obviously, you said it was sort of a culture shock coming from from Sweden. Um, what, what was your first impression when you got there? Like, how did you get accustomed to, you know, your daily schedule, um, finding, you know, a place to live, stuff like that? I also think that was like super streamlined because it's like, I guess this is maybe like their business model because like, unlike many universities in Europe, universities in Europe could be public sometimes, you know, like, whereas many of the universities in the US is more like operated like a business. So they have all everything like set up for international students because international students bring up, bring in quite a lot of revenue, to be honest. So whenever you get there, you, you already, you're already got set up in the dorms. Uh, you already got the room roommate, you have like an assigned advisor. So basically you, day one, you have, you have your housing, you have your schedule. And um, yeah, if you're, like normally organized person it's uh you, you got to be able to keep up with it in in a very like easy right. manner right so did you live in the dorms then when you first came to the states yes i lived my first half year at the dorms and i think it was a kind of like a good soft transition into life because you meet a lot of people uh <laughs> at the same time to be transparent i uh there are some benefits living outside campus, such as like alcohol and <laughs> these kind of things. Uh, so I think half a year was was good, but it was enough. Yeah. So a smooth transition for you to get to know a few people around campus. And, you know, obviously the dorms are on campus, so it's always a, an easy walk to classrooms and the cafeteria where you get your food and stuff. Uh, but same thing for me. I moved out of the dorms after my first semester because I, I had enough. Uh, did you did you share a room with a, a roommate then as well? I did. Yes. And uh, yeah, very nice. Very nice guy. Uh but very, we were very different. Mm-hmm. So I think for, but I think this is different from school to school. Some schools have like a very good like matching system. You fill out kind of like a blanket or like a formula or a form. And then you kind of like, are you introvert? Are you extrovert? These kind of like standardized questions that are going to like, yeah, try to pinpoint who you are as a person. And then you're getting matched with like a person that is kind of like similar to you. 
I think for this specific school that we went to, UCO, it was not, it was not, the formula was maybe not that strong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in that sense. So we were different, but very good, very good, very good person. Um, yeah. Very nice. Um, one of the questions that I that I always get from other people and that I want to pass on to you as well, obviously, you've become to, to um, be a very successful person yourself. Um, after after university, you've uh, founded a, a tech company called Yibber. Um, you were the co-founder and, and CEO for, I think, over four years now um, and moved on to a, a very successful position now as well. Um, and we can get into that later. But what I get asked quite a bit is how studying in the States has benefited me in my personal life and even my professional life. Um, so maybe are there two key key things that you would, uh, you know, draw out that that stand out to you in terms of what you took away from studying there? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is like maybe like such a cliche, but like the American dream. I feel like in the US, you're very very much allowed to dream and very much allowed to be like ambitious instead of like whereas in Sweden we have something called lagom and it's like everyone should be like everyone else you know you should mm -hmm. not stand out whereas the US is very much like a standout society and I personally appreciate that because it allows you to like have high like ambitions big ambitions and to go for it and people are actually like encouraging you so that's one and The second one I would say is, and I, I was going into that earlier in the conversation, I think it's public speaking. Because in the school system in Scandinavia, it's kind of like you're sitting at your bench and you're, you're listening to a lecture. So it's not very interactive. Mm -hmm. Whereas the school, school system in the US is very, very interact, interactive. And you're, you're often put in front of your class and you often have to speak so you get very comfortable speaking in front of a group of people and i think this is a i mean tremendous skill to have both in your like personal life but especially in your professional life because like i said before it's we're people we're we're all human it's all about connecting with people and learning how to connect with people and learning how to motivate people And then communication is our greatest tool to do that. Right. So I think these two things, if I had to like pinpoint mm -hmm. uh, specific things. Very good. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, having a lot of projects, obviously, with you and then other um, other students as well. And, and it's just it's so beneficial to be able to get comfortable speaking to people and exchanging ideas and, um, you know, having to speak in front of people, too, because obviously I think there's statistics that say, you know, Uh, people are fear speaking in front of people more than I don't know, you know, being attacked by an animal or whatever. But <laughs> some some crazy statistic there. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I can definitely uh, agree with that. Um, and so how how did you find you know the classroom? Like how uh, was was studying as an international student? Did you think that you had certain advantages or disadvantages compared to like American students? <laughs> I don't want to sound. Be, I don't can, want to sound. <laughs> you can be honest here. <laughs> for, specifically for UCO, I don't know how it is in other uh, schools, mm -hmm. other institutions. So to say, uh, yeah, I I would say so. I would say we're like a little bit in front on the, on the academics, at least mm -hmm. 
uh, if you take the average person in mm -hmm. in Europe. So I think it was quite it was quite simple if you give it a go because if you look at test taking in the US, it's in Europe you often have like kind of like the structure of it is often like essay questions, right? And you have to really like be able to think outside the box, be a good writer, and so on. In the US, it's 90% of the tests that you take are multiple choice, which <laughs> makes it a lot easier because it's uh, you can do the process of uh, elimination. Right. So if you have like sort of a clue, you often get it right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's a fair point and did you do you think because you said obviously compared to like the average american high school student um you, you know coming from europe you had sort of a an advantage do you think that's because of the the high school system in the states or what is being taught or do you have like a philosophy on 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 why that is why you know um you might have been a little more ahead in terms of maybe even maturity or or knowledge yeah i mean one thing is that Americans they start college like one year before, at least at least in Scandinavia. I don't know how it is in Germany. So they're one year younger. Mm -hmm. Um I mean you mature a lot at, at that age. And I would say it's just more simpler uh with the society if the country is small to kind of like structure that society in the right way. And uh when you look at like this like if you look at like America, it's a very divided country. There are people from like all kinds of backgrounds. Whereas I feel like, especially in in Europe, but especially in Scandinavia, it's like there are barely any like poor people. So people are coming from like a pretty like stable background mm -hmm. where, and it's very comp like the the ratio of like their parents having like college education is very like very very high. So they they kind of like, you know, they kind of like teach their children what to do from like the get go. Right. Whereas in U.S., a lot of like the students that you have in your fellow students, your student colleagues that you have in your classroom, they're like first time college. Like they're like the first within their family that got a college education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. guess they haven't like been prepped as much as we do, I guess. Yeah, very, very good point. And a lot of times I think they, they also have to, you know, work on the side full time sometimes to pay for their tuition and stuff because they just don't have the, the financial means maybe um, to do so. Not everybody, obviously, but there's there's quite a few of them. But speaking of fi financial situation, like as an international student, obviously there's this stigma, you know, that universities are super expensive, which they are. Um, but, uh, that, that, you know, you need to be very rich or your family needs to be very rich, or you need like a full ride scholarship to be able to afford studying in the States. Like how, um, did you find that? Like, did you, how did you finance your, your tuition, your, your living in the States? Well, it's a good question because this is, uh, like you said, it's very expensive, um, costs like $20,000, like a semester or something like that. And I was, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have supportive, uh, supportive parents. Parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, this is one route, and this is the expensive route. 
but there are other routes and i think being like college athlete mm-hmm. is financially like the best route to go because um that's a very big thing in the us and so if you're like if you're doing sports in any way i mean and at any level almost because there's a lot of divisions there are like ncaa division 1 division 2 division 3 and then you have other kind of like categories as well look into sport because they will often like um sponsor some at least some of your like college fees right which mm-hmm. will make it a lot more feasible yeah yeah and then uh, you you were obviously a standout student uh, graduated summa cum laude uh, from from UCO um did you receive any financial help in terms of like academic scholarships or cuz i remember there's there was like a scholarship portal at UCO where you could apply for scholarships and you were awarded certain scholarships as an international student if your grades were good enough and stuff like that yeah 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 it was and now i feel like like an asshole to be honest because <laughs> i never checked that up <laughs> <laughs> so so you left money on on the street basically probably a lot also with my grades yeah yeah you were a tremendous student so you probably could have financed at least 50% of your of your tuition but i guess yeah i'm not, I'm not going to tell my father that i feel like such a douchebag right now <laughs> <laughs> well don't make him don't make him listen so uh, no that's that's <laughs> quite funny but i guess uh, it's good to know for the people that there are different um you know possibilities when it comes yeah. to studying in the states and you know even if you're not a pro- perfect athlete or or an aspiring athlete there's still ways for you to receive scholarship money because i mean uh, i was fortunate enough to to receive a lot of support from home as well um i did check out those portals <laughs> and and uh, re- receive quite a large amount of of funding as well but uh, you know it's it's always helpful to um even ask for help in in that regard as well i think um but Carl, so coming coming sort of to the end here, um, obviously, as I explained to the people listening that, you know, you uh, became a founder of a company, a tech company, and, and now have moved on to a different role. Um, what was the, maybe you can pinpoint like two specific things that you took away from studying in the States, like, uh, obviously, you mentioned public speaking um, and and uh, sort of the American dream. But is there anything in your in your life right now that you attribute to your success, um, you know, being a student in the States? Yeah, definitely. I would say the American society is much more entrepreneurial than European society. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like I met a lot of like like minded people in the US. Um uh, that had all of these dreams. I mean, not particular in at my school, but at many different places. And it really like pushed me to take that step and go out of my comfort zone. And uh, yeah, like kind of like go for my dream. And uh, I think this is like a very important attribute you have that that will contribute to your success. It's Because a lot of people are just, they're talking about like doing stuff. But there is always like a thousand reasons for not doing a specific thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like you just need one good reason for doing it. And you just need to like 
be able to take that step and be kind of proactive. And I think this is America in a nutshell. People are very like proactive at going for their dreams. And I don't know if I would have done that if I stayed in Sweden. Maybe I will just like gone like a more traditional like career path, uh, Mm -hmm. let's say. So I'm very grateful for, yeah, I'm very grateful for like getting that kick, so to say. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's amazing because uh, obviously I've I've watched you uh, go for your dream and and dreams obviously because you continue to do so and uh, yeah I think same for myself I can attribute a lot of that drive and ambition um, to you know the time in the states uh, so so that's that's awesome to hear. Um, maybe one last thing if you had any advice or tips you would have to give out to you know current high school students or maybe uh, students at universities right now that are looking to do a semester abroad in the states or maybe even go for their master's degree um do you have any any tips you can share or or is there anything that you would want to pass on to them first of all i think you should definitely do it it's uh studying in the us it's it's been a tremendous experience. I'm I'm back in Europe right now. And uh, I think one tip, and it goes for college and it goes for life as well. It's when you're young, you tend to have kind of like a mindset that the grass is greener elsewhere. So when you come to the US, it's like, it's great. It's great, but you're also like thinking, oh, this is, you're, you're, all, you're also trying to look for like, some of the things that you think are not as great and you're like compare you're like steadily comparing it to Europe, right? Yeah. But whenever you move home to Europe afterwards, you really, really miss you really like you really like kind of like regret that you didn't appreciate the time you had there even more because it was it was truly like fantastic. Yeah, it, it for sure goes by by quickly, uh, Carl. But um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the podcast today. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, and I hope the audience took a lot from, you know, your experience in the States and uh, being a, a Swedish machine who uh, moved to the to the US and has uh, gone on to do very wonderful things and, and you will continue to do so. So uh, many thanks. And um, yeah, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Henry, you German machine. <laughs> I also want to thank my parents, my dog, my friends <laughs> for giving me this fantastic opportunity to go on this fantastic platform and speak to all of you, the audience. And hopefully I help can help you a little bit in uh, giving you some clarity if if going to the US is right or not. Uh, but for me, yeah, once again, it's been a fantastic experience going to the US and I would, I would recommend it to everyone. Very nice, very nice. That's uh, two of us. So um, great to hear that your experience was, was as good as mine, it seems like. And, um, you know, again, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, Carl. This was the Study Guide USA podcast with Henry Hoffman. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share, so we can help many more students study in the US as well.